And welcome to Extinction Talk Radio. I'm Reverend Billy. Come on in. We're going to start off today with uh, some devils. <laughs> you ready for that? Branson and Bezos and Musk. Oh, my. Branson and Bezos and Musk. Oh, my. Branson and Bezos and Musk. Oh, my. What the hell is this? Trillionaires on the moon masturbating outer space looking for high noon. Out beyond the land, testing an old-style fate. Write your personal brand on the blank slate of space. Down here, the same old story, the virus runs the show. Millions fall in fascist glory, while storms swallow cities whole. You see the entire earth, don't you? Are we going extinct very soon? We're down here in your hell, eating your rocket's red fumes. We will die while you fly, humming your virgin tunes. You're famous and rich and free. Or are you just marooned? So, like, whilst it does look fun to float airlessly, here I am floating in a tin can to live out the lyrics of Major Tom, I'd rather live out the lyrics of Imagine. I'd rather live out the lyrics of greater ideals. This is chimpanzee idiocy. Hey, look at what the alpha chimps are doing. Days are floating in space, baby. Branson floated on air in every sense. To all you kids down there, I was once a child with a dream. To the next generation of dreamers, if we can do this, just imagine what you can do. Very little, because all of the money and resources is being hoovered up into a capsule, a vacuum of power held in privilege. Note the casting of the astronauts to distract you from that truth. Capitalism, whatever it may be, is not an opportunity for everybody. Easy Off Ban Power Cleaner has the power to remove stains like soap scum. See the bold new expression of sporty style. Want to give up strong tasting cigarettes? The following program is brought to you in living color on NBC.
Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Two factors that play a key role in climate change, increased climate warming and elevated ozone levels, appear to have detrimental effects on soybean plant roots. Their relationship with symbiotic microorganisms in the soil and the way the plants sequester carbon. This research shows few changes to the plant shoots above ground, but some distressing results underground, including an increased inability to hold carbon that instead gets released into the atmosphere as a greenhouse gas. The wreckage of the container ship Express Pearl continues to threaten coastal waters in Sri Lanka. The Express Pearl was carrying 1,486 containers and burned for two weeks. It then sunk in early June, causing one of Sri Lanka's greatest environmental disasters. Toxins released from the ship have killed 176 turtles, 20 dolphins, and four whales. Local communities entirely dependent on fishing for their livelihoods have been ordered not to fish. Now the environment faces the threat of an oil spill, which authorities with international assistance are desperately trying to contain. Firearm purchases and firearm violence surged dramatically during the first five months of the COVID-19 pandemic. From March through July 2020, an estimated 4.3 million more background checks for firearm purchases occurred nationwide than would have ordinarily, an 85% increase. The total number of firearm purchases during this period was 9.3 million. From April through July 2020, there was a 27% increase in interpersonal firearm injuries, which includes firearm homicides or non-fatal firearm assault injuries. This is approximately 4,075 more injuries than would be expected for the period. Firearm violence is a significant public health problem in the United States. It is among America's leading causes of death and disability and has profound adverse social, psychological, and economic effects. The authors of this study found that states where firearm purchases went up the most showed the largest increases in firearm injuries from domestic violence. While humans and other animals continue to grapple with COVID-19, a new epidemic seems to have hit multiple bird species in North America. Across the United States, people have been finding dead birds. The birds appear to have been hit by a wave of mysterious illnesses since April. Ornithologists say the dead or alien aviators tend to have swollen eyes, as well as neurological issues that seem to be causing the birds to lose balance. They now think that multiple bird species have been contracting an odd illness for two months, and the illness has spread across the Midwest regions of the U.S. and into the state of Indiana. The United States Geological Survey published a report on the mysterious bird deaths in early June. Details remain hazy, but experts are trying to trace the epidemic back to its origins. Some think it could be associated with brood X cicada population. Others suspect an emerging virus. The numbers of sick birds have fallen in the past two weeks, but scientists urge people not to engage or feed the birds until more is known. And now, the sounds of extinction. The Kawaio bird. The Kawaio is included in the extinct genus of the O'O's, the Moho, within the extinct family Mohidae from the islands of Hawaii. It was previously regarded as a member of the Australo-Pacific honey eaters. The bird was endemic to the island of Kauai. It was the last surviving member of the Mohadai, which had originated over 15 to 20 million years prior during the Miocene. 
with the Kauaios extinction marking the only extinction of an entire avian family in modern times. The bird was among the smallest of the Hawaiian o'o's, if not the smallest, at just 7.9 inches in length. The head, wings, and tail were black. The rest of the upper parts were slaty brown. The throat and breast was black with white barring, and the central tail feathers were long and there was a small tuft of gray feathers under the base of the wing. It was the only O known to have eyes with yellow irises. Like other honey eaters, it had a sharp, slightly curved bill for sampling nectar. Its favored nectar sources were Lobelia species and the Ohia lihau tree. This species was additionally observed foraging in Lapa Lapa trees. It also ate small invertebrates and fruit. The bird was a cavity nester in the thickly forested canyons of Kauai. The species may have become extinct from a large range of problems, Polynesian rats, pigs, and mosquito-transmitted diseases. The final blow was two hurricanes coming within 10 years of each other. They destroyed many of the old trees with cavities and prohibited tree growth when the second hurricane arrived, causing the species to disappear. The bird was last sighted in Billy from Extinction Talk Radio. Well, we've just had a hurricane here at Coney Island. Six, seven years ago, we had Sandy. This one's Elsa. As Elsa slams the northeast. We haven't even seen Elsa yet. Elsa well to the south, winds at 50 miles an hour. Now she's back to her old tricks, moving quickly. New York City streets underwater, cascading into subway stations. One woman walking waist deep into the water. Other riders using trash bags for cover. Let's talk to the weather reporters right now. What's happened here doesn't come from strangers with strange names. What happened here comes from the Earth. Put the Earth at the top of your report. The Earth is talking to us. The Earth is communicating to us. The Earth is media. The Earth is presenting us with the option. If we want to, we have to change how we live. What is the name of this storm? We live near the Atlantic Ocean in Brooklyn, New York. I'm writing in early February 2013, about three months after Hurricane Sandy. Now another big storm is spinning out of the sea and everybody's jumpy. I shoveled snow for an hour this afternoon, feeling the wind begin with a slow growling then I climbed the steps to our apartment where Savitri and almost three years old Lena 
have come back early from the city. Savi's checking food provisions and flashlights. But is tonight's storm really so deadly? We bring up satellite pictures of the thing, and it looks like a hurricane, all right. Like a white circular saw the size of New England, its serrated edge cutting the coast. It has that eye in the center. There is a difference with this new winter storm. The National Weather Service was surprised to find that it had lost its naming rights by some mysterious slate of hand to the Weather Channel with its ads, graphics, and on-camera meteorologists. The Weather Channel's anchor, a toothy blonde, smiles at us from the computer screen with a satellite shot over her shoulder as if she's taking a selfie with the 10,000 Hiroshima's storm system. And why should she give the storm any particular regard? Her bosses have named it Nemo, after the cute orange clownfish star of the 3D blockbuster from Pixar, the animation studio founded by Steve Jobs and marketed by Mickey Mouse. After finding Nemo grossed almost a billion dollars worldwide, most families with children were left with a vivid memory of dazzling coral reefs, shark chases, pratfalls, and kidnappings by goofy scuba divers. Finally, the adorable Nemo, with his identity problems, developmentally disabled Finn, and voice of Albert Brooks, wins the heart of fellow clownfish Dory, voiced by Ellen DeGeneres. As night falls in Brooklyn, the howls of wind are joined by muffled winter thundering. This will be an ominous thunder-snow blizzard, with hail and dunes of snow. Reports are coming in from Massachusetts. Houses and cars and people are lost in the whiteout. I go down and shovel once more by the light of the street lamp, but then I give up. I peer up into the flurries, thinking, you are now a billion-dollar clownfish. Are you aware of that? There's something in the grand violence of the wind. I can almost hear the storm answer me. Nemo, not hardly. Then I go over to what I call climate change mind. There is something fishy about this storm. That strange, sighing thunder is the underwater vacuum of vanished fisheries, the thousand-mile-wide dead zones, shooting the last schools of bluefin tuna and cod and haddock and sea trout and striped bass up into the accelerating darkness. Ghosts of flying fish are whipping through the bare maple trees on our Brooklyn street. streetlights are flickering. The life of the ocean is carried in these stinging snows, battling the billion-dollar vaudeville fish for our hearts and minds. I see the neighborhood children's heads peeking out of the glowing windows, drawn by the power and mystery of the natural world bearing down upon us. But I know their heads are full of Nemo, too. The fish are dying and the memories of fish are being commodified. 
I'm one of those people who believe that these storms are much deadlier because of us, but I suspect that I am another progressive type who is still at heart a climate skeptic. I must be. What have I done for this storm? What do I owe this wind? It has gaseous acids in it. The bleached coral of the Caribbean is drumming on our house. But I keep my guilt nice and abstract. It is so easy to believe the climate science, but then go about our digitized day with the extreme weather and the consumer culture in a desperate fight to the death. As if all of that takes place in a separate world. There's nothing separate about it. The world is our bodies. This song and dance fish is swimming in our eyes and ears. It is telling focused, group-tested jokes on screens in the palms of our hands. And I'm getting spooked by this ghoulish soundtrack. The wind is like a thousand swordfish flying out of cracking branches. There is living death inside this storm. The wind is way over the speed limit on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway. It's blowing my lips to the Manhattan side of my face. I'd better go inside. Finally, later that night, I asked the question, who owns the Weather Channel anyway? Answer, Comcast, the largest media conglomerate in the world. Owner of cable companies, NBC, Telemundo, Time Warner, theme parks, and much of the high-speed internet trade. It is among the top lobbyists in Washington and the avowed foe of net neutrality. Another Weather Channel investor is Bain Capital of Mitt Romney fame. So what is going on here? The 40 million people in the storm's path have had Nemo or National Geographic shark porn or that macho Australian guy who got killed by a stingray pasted all over their memory of what an ocean is. In our minds and in, on our screens, we sustain the luminescence of Nemo's reef as the actual storm roars around us coming in off the dark ocean. And what would we see if this actual ocean's life was our media? as it was for millennia in the souls of our ancestors. Can we ever get back to the thrilling drama of the ocean? If we were capable of outmaneuvering Pixar and Disney and Comcast and NBC, and in doing so escape to that beautiful storm of sea life, would we find that the evolution of 500 million years, a watery cathedral of interdependency is now a vast crime scene? It would be an elemental shock for us. Would we know how to care for the poisoned seed of this big storm? We would have to begin to evolve a new kind of human being. Then we might get that name right. Lena thinks she hears voices in the grumbling thunder. I hear her ask, What is the storm saying, Dad? I have to take a moment. I want the answer for myself, too. Well, the storm comes out of the ocean from the other side of Coney Island. 
we're supposed to remember its name because it is very old and it came a long way to get here. But we forgot its name because uh, we were busy and full of business. Uh, and now the storm is shouting its name through the city and all the towns. Let's listen. Talk Radio, a 
comes to the conclusion of its first half hour, there will be a second 29 minutes uh, immediately following this 29 minutes. And some of you will have to leave. And thank you for being with us. Those of you who stay with us will continue to explore this story here. We have billionaire wankers in outer space, as Russell Brand puts it. There's a space wanker having a time of their lives. <laughs> and then Savitri D, with the news from the natural world, we felt the consequences of that billionaire program. The Kawaii bird, the extinction of that wonderful Hawaiian, Hawaiian bird. And then we went into storms. Now we named the storms Sandy and Elsa and Nemo these stupid, playful, commercial kinds of names. It's the Earth. That's the Earth. And that's what the billionaires are in denial about. We will study now. Let's just keep working on this. Let's find the solution to the colonizing that takes place with the billionaires as they privatize our future, as they take our language and market new language. And so, Earthaluya, much thanks to the Stop Shopping Choir, Laura Newman. Much thanks to the Fire Eagles of Justin, Jason Candler, and Brendan Burke. Thank you to Savitri D for the news from the natural world. Coming up, we will interview uh, the legendary uh, academic producer and author, Diana Taylor, devoted to the unity of the Americas. Diana Taylor, coming up. Earthaluya. Hallelujah!